This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, everyone. I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. Hey, Brenda. Hi, Julia. (laughs) So you all are about to listen to an episode that we did with our wonderful friend Ashley about comparison. We wanted to take a second before we play the episode for you guys because at the top of the episode, we're talking a lot about college and we just wanted to take a second to acknowledge that Brenda and Ashley and I were very privileged when it came to the resources that we had when applying to college and also in college. And we're aware that not everybody has the resources that we had and that not everybody can go to college for whatever reason or can afford to go to college. And in this episode, we're just talking about our personal experiences. And we are from a place where most people we know did go to college. And we know that that comes from a place of privilege. So we just wanted to take a second to acknowledge that. Absolutely. And we also feel incredibly lucky to have had the resources that we had. And we know that not everybody has that privilege. So with that being said, let's get into the episode where we are going to get real and raw about comparison. Woo! Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we have a very special guest. It is our friend, Ashley Kate. Hi, Ash. Hi, guys. What is up? (laughs) Not too much. I'm very happy to be on the podcast. We are so excited. Brenda, do you want to tell us, before we get into everything we're going to get into today, do you want to tell us your story of how you and Ashley met? Ashley's our very good friend. We've known (laughs) Ashley. How long have we been friends? This is our 10-year anniversary. It's serious. This is our 10-year ten <laughs> ten friend diversity. So anyway, should we tell a little story about how we, you guys met and then like how we met and then get into like the juicy, juicy juice? Sure. So 10 years ago, Ashley and I, our parents signed us up to do a show at a theater camp and we were both in Aladdin. So of course, both of us really wanted the starring role of Princess Jasmine. Of course. It was the biggest deal in the whole wide world. I am not a very judgmental person. I, I am. To, I, love, <laughs> I love to give love as much as I can. However, for some reason, there was something about Ashley Kate. She had... She was the only one with tan dance shoes. Shut up. <laughs> and for some reason, I hate you guys. And I could not let go. I was like, why does she have those? Why is she wearing tan It was my first shoes? acting experience, too. So it was very for the clear record. That she was an unprofessional. <laughs> no, I was an unexperienced actress. <laughs> no, but really, then when we got to audition time and whatnot, I was like, oh, no, 
damn, like this girl is actually talented. Like she's going to steal my star and my dream, my role that I wanted so much. Flash forward, I did not. <laughs> Brenda got the big role and I wrote negative things about her in my diary. <laughs> How terrible. Horrible. I was like, this girl is ruining my summer. This is an example of what not to do. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but then ultimately we ended up really hitting it off um, to the point where we would like to share each other's lunches and she would always bring an everything bagel with cream cheese um, from the local bagel wagon and it was just amazing she would eat my pasta we really just started sharing meals and deodorant and deodorant the whole night maybe i wore those tans those tan little jazz shoes and and we we got past it we ultimately ended up creating brenda and ashley dot com (laughs) dot com and youtube (laughs) channel which is no longer available for reviewing purposes maybe some of the videos that i hope you don't visit after this um but yeah, we ended up really hitting it off. And I have to say, sappy-wise, that we do have a really, really special relationship in this day and age. Um, we've definitely grown a lot together and have been through lots of ups and downs and have really learned the true meaning of friendship throughout our journey, even if it started off a little shaky. Oh, my God. I'm smiling. <laughs> Stop. We also had a, a, a same crush. This, this oh. goes, there's so many oh my god but we're this. talking about the eighth grade here just to be clear yes, like we're not grade. saying that that our relationship Wait, is so the rocky these cb can we, CB. Can we say it i don't think we can cb where's this boy he was okay there aren't many boys in summer camp with theater so we were like oh my gosh <laughs> there definitely aren't very many <laughs> boys available to women <laughs> correct that is correct and hey we love him we love him so much but at the time he was the only one available so we were like oh my gosh he can sing he's super talented we have to get after this so we both had a crush on him and <laughs> i actually ended up being proposed to he got down on one knee and asked me to be his girlfriend. And then I really wrote mean things about her in my diary. <laughs> but then again, we moved past that. You know, now now we're here where we are today. And don't have the same crush. I feel like we matured, like, rapidly oh from gosh. that year. Like, it was eighth grade we met. We were actually maybe three years old, it felt like. And <laughs> then all of a sudden, the next year, we were adults. Yeah. Right? For sure. Oh having the deep conversations and all the things. We sound insane. I did come to see that performance. Oh, <laughs> did you? Were you yes, a fan? Do you remember? And that's how we met. Because then after the performance of Aladdin. I have no recollection. Wow. I'm sorry. Really <laughs> I'm feeling real. I'm not memorable. Where did we go to Applebee's? I don't know. I bet I you we so. went to Applebee's. But I do. I think my favorite part of that production was the <laughs> the flying carpet. Oh, the flying carpet <laughs> cast member. Human. Because it was a human. She was very, very sweet. Incredible. Okay. Anyway, Ashley, <laughs> why don't you tell um, the audience a little bit about you and who you are, what you do? Okay. That's a hard, loaded question, it is. Julia. It's loaded. Um, I'm a teacher. I teach in elementary school. I'm also a nanny. So I'm basically surrounded by children ages 2 to 12 all day, every day. I don't get much adult interaction. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Can you tell? Um I'm a singer from uh, the early days in Aladdin 2009. Um, what else am I? I don't know, guys. You know me. Introduce me. You'll do it better than I will. No, that's good. That's good. Okay. I think it says a lot about you that you're, you spend so much time with the kids. I spend so much time with but kids. you love kids. <laughs> I no really one loves do. kids as much as you. I really do love them. But like when I step away, I'm like, oh my God, I spend so much time with kids. This is like maybe too much time but I really love them and like I miss them when I'm not there so I guess I'm doing the right thing you're so sweet it's your calling yeah I think so you found your calling I think so do you think so yeah I 
had no idea that it was going to be this. Like my whole childhood, I never once thought like, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. But then the day that it clicked, it really clicked. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I changed my major and it was just like from there, there was no doubt that like. I love that. I have to be a teacher. I have to be with kids to like get up in the morning. Yeah. And your college experience was a little different than most. Yeah. No, it was very different. Do you want me to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I started school by going away to college for one whole semester. She made it. And it was pretty like traumatizing. Honestly, I had never lived away from my family. I never moved out of the house that I was born into. So it was pretty shocking and scary, but I pushed through and I got good grades for one semester and did my thing. And then I I said, guys, I can't, I can't do that. I knew I couldn't do it from the day that I got there, basically. But as the semester went on, I was like, this is not happening. Like, I'm not going to come back here when I go home. So I went home and I visited a school that I could commute to. And I ended up staying there for the next three and a half years. Was really happy. I had a lot of good experiences despite being a commuter. It's like, I feel like I thought in the beginning and this kind of like goes to our podcast theme today of the comparison. But like, I really thought that you had to go away to school like that's just what everyone was doing everyone was going to visit schools and getting the brochures and filling out the applications and doing the whole thing and like there was just no thought in my head that I couldn't do that so then I went away and I did it and it wasn't right for me I was just doing it because everybody else was doing it and my parents knew from the get-go they knew they were like Ashley you are not a kid that goes away to college like you're just not so right and I think that going away to school definitely definitely brings about a lot of independence and which can be very scary and for some people very freeing like the not having a curfew technically Mm -hmm. or like not having to check in every second of the day with your mom and dad or which kind of a lot of people see as the more freeing aspects but then there's also the like oh wow like I have to cook for myself I have to figure out I have to manage my own schedule. Like, I'm not responsible for, I don't know, other people. I don't have to be considerate. I don't know. It's just, it's different. I don't even think that that, like, I know that's like that for a lot of people, but I don't even think it was that for me. I think it was the space between me and my family that I was just so shocked by and like I have the kind of house where you like swing open the door and your mom comes in and your dad comes in your brother comes in and you just talk to each other and you have each other if you need Mm -hmm. and not having that like it literally like I'm 24 years old now and it still like makes me feel nervous inside to think about that little girl that went away to school and was so scared like just petrified I was independent I was capable of doing all those things but like I just didn't know how to be without them yeah and I think that that shows so much bravery and strength for you to of course like you pushed through and you did all that but it shows another layer of strength and bravery to be able to say this isn't working for me so I'm gonna make a step to do something that will work for me Mm -hmm. instead of feeling the pressure to do this just because everybody else is doing it and I think a lot of people do push through four years of sometimes torture and discomfort because they don't want to say that they gave up you know right on such a front to put ourselves through some hard things sometimes just because we're worried about what other people are going to think so I think you made the right choice of course not only because we were able to see how much you flourished and and thrived in the environment that you ended up choosing but I think it just goes to show that listening to your gut is okay and that it doesn't mean that if one thing doesn't work out for you I think the college application process in general is so stressful yeah. and you're like okay what do I want to do okay where do I want to go there are so many different layers to that major so, life questions yeah, yeah. And, and for the first you're supposed to answer at 18 years old when 17. your brain is not even close right. <laughs> to being ready to do something like and that there's so much stigma around like either like changing your changing your mind or like being away and it 
not working or not being ready to go away right after school and it's mm-hmm. so crazy it's like we're your babies yeah like, you're 18 years old i was 17 like it's so funny how much stigma is around and feeling like you need to know how to make those decisions already at such a young age right and i think that after i transferred i just had to shift my mindset to be like wow the strength and the bravery that I possessed for the last semester paid off because I ended up with a great GPA. I can say that I made it through this semester at this school, living away from home, being with these total strangers. But now I'm going to do something that's more functional for me, just more right for me. And I think that finding that mindset really helped me with that transition because it was basically seamless. Like I just went to my new school. I started commuting. I got a car so I could drive back and forth to school. And like I just did my thing. And it was really, really good yeah and I think on the other side of things just to kind of see the other side is also I think it's okay and it all depends on who you are as a person and how you feel but I think there are some people including myself actually that when you first go to school and you're like oh my gosh this isn't for me I'm panicking I'm panicking this isn't right but I think sometimes there also are also stories of people who do quote-unquote stick it out but because they have hope in what's to come not because they feel the pressure of that right and then that there is a success story at the end too yeah so I just kind of knew from the get-go that yeah, wasn't me of course and, and it's so good that it's all about your gut so in tune with that right yeah. because I know for myself for example I was like oh god like this doesn't feel right I don't feel like I'm doing things that I'm passionate about I don't feel like I'm I don't feel like it's what it's supposed to be and I guess we have an expectation of how things are gonna go and then when it's not that way we're like oh well what am I doing wrong or what can I do to make it how it's supposed to be but for me for example it was really I think we thrive in community and for me it was like okay well what grounds me oh well music grounds me so Mm -hmm. what can what groups can I find on campus that care about music what groups Mm -hmm. can I find that care about I don't know leadership or giving back to the community and I think that with college that's a big aspect of things is to find people who you relate to who are like-minded and that doesn't always work out you know it's not always the perfect fit but that for people who maybe right now are listening and are about to go to school and maybe are in their first semester or or whatever it is that you're doing um to also know that by finding groups and feeling like you're not alone in community that can also be helpful to help you find your path and it's also possible to find those things as a commuter student and I sound like a broken record but like it's really true and I think that there's a lot of people who commute to school and they think okay I go here and then I go home and I go here and I go home but I spent so much time at my school I did an acapella group I was involved with my department my education department and I made so many friends I ended up staying the night sometimes and going out and doing all these things but you have to push yourself to do that Mm -hmm. and it's not easy and it won't just come right away to anybody yeah i kind of love that we kicked it off with this because it really goes with what we're the through line of what we're kind of going to be talking about today which me and brenda talked about comparison on monday and we want to kind of keep going with that theme and that's why we brought ashley here to give us a third perspective on that and her experience with that so maybe that'll be a little more relatable to some people that maybe had a different experience than me and brenda and especially with college and i think that this is like the big thing about 20s that we're always kind of touching upon is like you feel like you have to be at the same place as like everybody else at the same place in like an event timeline as Mm -hmm. like everybody else in your life so it feels like oh well if the majority of you know kids my age people my age kids young adults we are literally still kids it feels like we're kids (laughs) young adults whatever my age are doing this thing and like going away to college I have to go away to college or go to college or and then graduate and then do the next thing and it's like everybody's on a different everyone is allowed to be on a different timeline but it's that comparison I feel like for a lot of for a lot of people college is absolutely the right choice and what they want to do for me it was like for me it was 
I had no doubt it was right. absolutely the right choice for me. I loved my college experience, but I think a lot of people do feel like, well, I have to go to school or I have to go to away, away to school because everybody else is doing it. Totally. And we, we just keep carrying that with us. That's the thing that we keep coming back to is like everybody at this age is on a different, is in a different place in their life, yet we're still feeling like we all need to be in the same place. Yeah, and it's like the craziest thing because in your 20s, typically people go to school, they get their job, they get their partner potentially, they start thinking about children or having children and all these major life steps that like doesn't happen at the same time for everyone. Like in our heads when we were little, didn't it feel like when you turned 20, like you'd be married with kids? Oh, like yeah. like you looked to that age. Like I, how much when pressure, you play house, it was always 20. I'm 20. Right. <laughs> how much pressure to put on yourself for a 10 year time span that in a 10 year time span, you need to go to school, graduate school, get a, a dream job, find Ugh. a mate. Yeah, right have a child have a home <laughs> like 10 years that's a lot to do in 10 it's a lot years and those are things that aren't like little to-do list check checkpoints right. like no. those are serious decisions that will affect your whole life for sure and i think now especially that college is more popular and and stuff there also comes a financial obligation you know going to college some people absolutely are fortunate enough to have their school paid off for them and and all that stuff but i think now more than ever the student loan thing is a big problem so it's like here we go playing house and being like yes now i'm gonna have a kid and i'm gonna buy them this and buy them that but like whoa like i already have this bill here even if i don't have my own house yeah. and it's i just think it's yeah now it starts to become more and more there are finances and the comparison the social stuff there's so many different things and i really think that every moment serves a different purpose for different people so I know from knowing both of you, for the most part, what your college experience, what value you took out of it. And I think for myself, which maybe some people can relate to, I don't know that my degree was what I, what I got out of college. Like, I don't know if I'm going to end up using my degree. And I have a feeling that a lot of people are in the same boat. Mm -hmm. I really believe that I personally, although, you know, great program, great teachers, great faculty, I believe that I got, that the leadership aspect of things is what I got out of college. The connections that I made, the networking, the the proof or examples that I can believe in myself to hopefully inspire others or the types of communities that I want to create and build and be part of. Whereas I know for you, Ju, like you got an incredible training that has made you an even better performer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I just feel like everybody also has different things that they get out of college. And sometimes it causes pressure for us when we're like, oh, well, I went to school for this. I invested so much money in this mm -hmm. but i'm not i might not use this degree but, but you're using the tools that you gained along the way and that's a degree in itself yeah and i think what's really cool about this space for us particularly like for those of you listening you probably know that this is a really big dream come true for us and something that we have full belief in so it's so cool that now there isn't particularly like a podcasting major in college but um <laughs> that there's so much more that you can do in this digital world and in this space so yeah, lots of opportunities nowadays. But I think there are also so many positive aspects of social media, but also some negative ones that come along with comparison. So, Ash, is there anything social media-wise that you think? Oh, my God, is there anything? <laughs> social media. There's so, 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 it. so much. <laughs> and it's talked about a lot, which is a really good thing because it hasn't Starting always to. been that like way. I feel like that's new. Yeah, it has not always been that way. But, like, even with the whole Instagram algorithm discussion about, like, whether we see yeah. our likes or we don't. <laughs> yeah, no, actually gag me because this is disgusting. <laughs> I can't believe we're even, like, talking about this because it sounds so stupid I when you think about the fact a that like a big part of 
our lives. So many people's lives, especially people our age group. And our parents just like, I love them dearly, but they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I tell my mom to take a, about 87 pictures of me on a vacation and she's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I don't understand why our, our vacation itinerary has become just your photo shoot. Like, what's going on? But mom, I need to to maintain this presence and I need to to like leave my footprint and it feels so silly because like we're all just born and we're all just gonna die but <laughs> you can cut that out if you want I don't know it's a little dark um but like we feel like this responsibility almost to maintain face so that people from high school know what we're doing and people from college know what we're doing and the boy you're interested knows what you're doing and it's just a lot of pressure and then the comparison aspect of it leaves a whole new level of pressure because you worry about yourself, but then you're worrying about everybody else. It's it's a lot. It's a whole lot. It's definitely a lot. And I think also like the likes, something that we try and convince ourselves <laughs> that it doesn't fully matter. And I, I know with Ash, I'm like, something that I try to do is not focus on how many likes you get or whatever. But I remember the other day I posted something and I was like, huh. This is kind of like less likes than I get. And I'm like, whoa, why do I care? Why am I focusing so much on that? But it's like, validation. Huh, maybe it wasn't like maybe it wasn't interesting to people. Maybe people aren't excited to hear this or or whatever. And it's it's something that logically when you say it out loud, you understand, OK, this this doesn't really matter. It's not really important. But then when you actually internalize it and start to think on it too much, you're like, what does this mean about me? It's hard because you can make it even worse than that for yourself. Like it cannot it can just be about, oh, like maybe people just aren't interested but then it could be like what if this is stupid what if this is dumb should i have posted this do i look like i'm crazy like all of these things and it spirals it completely spirals is there like a certain topic or like certain type of people that you feel ash that you like compare yourself most to or like yeah yes what kind of brings that um so here's your uh my big confession i'm the single the single, <laughs> single gal on this podcast today a confession, is she a confession. <laughs> delete because that no let's else, try again no one else is single let's try again let's try room. again so i am single as you both know maybe our listeners don't know i'm a single gal on these streets hit her up. um hit me up no it's fine everything's fine um yeah so I find myself comparing a lot to people that are in relationships it's very specific and it's not like oh I follow relationship pages but if I follow my friends you guys even I see people in relationships you can't escape that and I think and even on the explore page I feel like even on the explore page couple photos oh my god hand holding in the Ibiza like please it's it's a lot but like I've also been that person in a relationship that posts a million things and I wasn't worried about other people seeing that and feeling insecure insignificant because they don't have a partner at that time like I don't really think about that no when we post I feel like at least in my personal experience I'm not thinking about oh is this gonna make someone compare themselves to me yeah because we're all worried about so many other things right. that's like the last thing on your mind you're worried about if your filter is covering your pimple like you're not exactly. worrying about how it's going to make Susie feel that doesn't have a boyfriend <laughs> but Susie. but seriously Susie exists and Susie is out there and I am Susie <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's hard and then you wonder you look at it and you think is there something wrong with me what does she have that I don't have not that I want your boyfriends I really don't want your boyfriends no offense Chris's I don't want you <laughs> but like you really start to think and wonder like why why is she in this place in her life my best friend right here has been in a relationship for what 57 years how long has it been that, that would be eight years eight years 57 eight Susie exists <laughs> I am Susie so my little best friend over here has been in a relationship for 57 years and it's just like I I'm so happy for her but like listen I don't want your Chris 
but I want to know why I am not in the place that you're in. And yeah, in reality, it's just I haven't found the person or I'm not aware of the person that I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with. And that's okay. But when you just look at it and like your immediate thought is what's wrong with me? Like it, it takes a toll. It really does. For sure. And I think that it's so interesting about what Julia said that we don't really think about that when we post it. But I feel like now as we experience connection with other people, we start to become more aware of little things like that. So no, when I post right now, I'm like, am I like, oh, my poor Susie slash Ashley, is she going to be heartbroken? (laughs) Not particularly. However, um, like even in conversations together, of course, we get insecure. We get in our heads. We spiral over the silliest of things. And sometimes if I'm like, oh, man, I'm feeling insecure for whatever reason, I do feel this sort of like hesitation sometimes to share if there's anything I'm personally in my own head because Chris is incredible (laughs) if in my own head I'm going through something I feel a little bad sharing it because I I know how she feels yeah like I'm like okay is this silly little thing about how Chris didn't hold my hand while crossing (laughs) the street like (laughs) where's my Chris no is this significant (laughs) no but I think I've put in this sort of effort especially in like the last year or so and correct me if I'm wrong but I think I put in this effort to like really express to you and Julia about how like much your relationships have stood in as like a I don't know what word to use I'm having a hard time but like an example for me about what I want like I want to have not a carbon copy of your relationships but like you've been good examples for me and you've shown me what to expect for myself and what I deserve and like even when things go wrong what to do what not to do and things like that and I think that I've tried to really express to you that like yes looking on Instagram and seeing every couple holding hands in Ibiza is like it's like upsetting to me sometimes but that doesn't discredit the love that I have and the admiration I have for you and your relationships because I really know both of your relationships well and I think that it's harder it's harder for me to see people that I know nothing about mm-hmm. because I know your struggles and your ups and your downs and your in-betweens yeah. and your mundane daily lives not that your lives are so mundane and no, but boring absolutely. but like but like I know that but when I see I don't know John Legend and Chrissy Teigen like they're perfect mm-hmm. on that grid but you know what's interesting too, and and I've for sure seen couples that I know the ins and outs of in my and lifetime. it's not cute, and and <laughs> and they absolutely post pictures after they just got in a fight because they didn't hold hands. That's not me. Chris is a wonderful handholder crossing the street. He protects my really protects. You hear me. that? <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, I've for sure seen couples where I'm like, hold up. Did we not just hear like a complaint about how yeah. you are the absolute, you know, not not really supportive and, you know, all of that stuff? And why are we posting a picture in Ibiza right now holding hands, kissing at the whatever? Right. You know what I mean? So it's funny that we also, even though the three of us might know what's going on in a relationship because it's a close friend, someone else on the outside could be looking at it like, whoa, they're perfect. I want just that. And it could be what you're experiencing, too. You don't know the internet. Totally. And that's kind of comforting to talk about because it's it's like a reality check. Like these people aren't perfect because I have proof that they're not perfect because I know about the fight they got in last night, you know, (laughs) like things like that. But also stop posting things that aren't accurate representations of your life. And I'm not saying hello Instagram. I know. I know. And I do it, too. But like 
we all have to kind of put in that effort to be a little bit more authentic because it gives off the impression that everything's perfect and everything's fine and it's not and I'm guilty of that too but I think that if we all just take like a little step towards being more authentic it'll make a huge difference in the weight that people carry in comparison because it's so heavy right now for so many of us for so many different reasons even when it's about like beauty Mm -hmm. and the standards that we place on ourselves and the perfect skin and the perfect body and all of those things like that's a huge factor and I'm seeing a lot of people do like raw beauty posts and things like that which like I I ain't doing that anytime soon I'm still working on getting my skin right but people are starting to post more authentically and I think that that makes a difference but it's gonna take more than just a couple people posting no makeup to get everybody feeling a little more secure about themselves Yeah, and I think that's a huge thing. Something that Julie and I talk about a lot (laughs) because I have my own page where I try and post more vulnerable things and it's it can be really scary to do stuff like that. But something that we were even talking about last night was people really appreciate when you are real and when Mm -hmm. you're vulnerable. And that's part of why we're doing this podcast because we believe that by sharing these things, not only will will it hopefully help you feel like you're not the only one going through things, but also to show you that this is the reality like raw this is the reality of of what we're we're experiencing and that it's okay if you are too yeah but it's also important to remember that even the most raw authentic person is still struggling and like still hiding something or still covering up something or editing maybe not all of their frown lines but one of them that really bothers them and it's like that's important to keep in mind because i'm gonna keep doing that Mm -hmm. because it makes me feel secure enough to put myself out there and that's okay but keep that in mind when you're being a viewer and you're looking at other people's things because they're not always no one's a hundred percent on social media and it's also about how it makes you feel so if it's something that makes you feel more secure I think that's a great thing and I think that what comes to be different like for someone like me let's say I used to 100% used to use things to make myself look smaller online on Mm -hmm. photo apps but then I started to believe like people like me better at that size people like me people appreciate this more so it's all about how you internalize it if you're like girl that pimple is not looking good right now um i don't love that i'm gonna you know fix that and and you feel nothing about it yeah great but like if it's for some for and it depends and i'm in a totally different headspace now but if for me i'm like oh my god like my arm looks super super big i know that people are really fixating on that about me that makes me less worth that makes me so it's all about how it makes you feel yeah. I really believe that. And I feel like there's nothing there's nothing wrong about putting your best foot forward on social media. No. But it I think it is like when that's a really good point, Brenda. Like when you're when you're putting out there something that is not just altering the perspective of your audience, but altering the perspective of yourself, mm-hmm. it could be so damaging because then you're not just comparing yourself to others on social media, you're comparing yourself to your social media self, which can be detrimental because if you love yourself the way that you look I don't know maybe in a picture in which like you edited your skin or look smaller or whatever it may be that is your kind of insecurity if we're if we're all the time only liking that version of ourselves and not our authentic version of ourselves that's a scary rabbit hole to go down definitely and and don't get me wrong I love I love a teeth whitener <laughs> like it totally like, a blur I, effect <laughs> um but I do have to say I I agree I really agree with that because I know for myself like there had been times a few years ago where I had scrolled through my own page and been like hold on I'm kind of mourning and grieving this old smaller version of myself but I don't like is that even real because at the time I know I used to edit my body so am I even grieving something that existed ever Mm. you know what I mean or I know a lot of people 
who go through weight loss journeys or, you know, then it's the holidays and then you're comparing yourself to other pictures and you're like, okay, but was I really that small or, or did my face look like that? Or was that the app? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a really interesting and conflicting situation that I think at the end of the day is different for everyone. So as long as you and Ash, you are very, very aware of your own feelings. Um, I think that as long as we're aware and in tune with how we feel, that's what matters at the end of the day. And I think that it's also not just a social media thing. Like comparing ourselves to our old selves in general is like so scary. Like, oh, when, you know, two years ago when I was five pounds thinner or two years ago when I had when I had this relationship or when I had oh yeah this friend or was doing this thing or went on this trip like it, we can always compare ourselves to our old selves and like but what's progressive about that you know I feel like it just makes you feel feel bad unless you're looking at that and saying okay I had something in my life then and I stopped doing something now whatever I was doing was putting me on a path towards something that I want like that's a good thing to be like okay well what was I implementing back then that I can start re-implementing in my life but if we're just looking at ourselves and shaming ourselves for not being who we were maybe a year ago or a month ago yeah and reflection is important absolutely like in every aspect of your life and my career reflection is important I have to look back and I have to say what could I have done better what could I change about this lesson to help these kids understand better things like that but obsessing is where it starts to hurt you because there's a difference between reflecting and obsessing and I'm guilty of both oh we all are yeah, I really think you hit your your eureka moment in this podcast because <laughs> that's the key. That like if you obsessing and reflecting are totally different. And when you start to obsess is when you start to go down the rabbit hole. When you start to shame, feel guilt, and and all of the things that ultimately put you in a really really tricky spot. It's exhausting. So, yeah. So I definitely agree. And I know that everything surrounding mental health is really important to you. So mm-hmm. I know you've mentioned to me in the past, like you're constantly, you're not constantly, but you're asking, you know. But like, do, do other people really feel this? Like in the oh, way that I feel Oh, constantly is the right word. Thanks. <laughs> right. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Constantly. I'm constantly worrying if my feelings are quote unquote normal and my thoughts are quote unquote normal. And I struggle with a lot and have a lot of anxiety and a lot of obsessions and things that I get stuck in. And I think there's no better time even though there's never a good time to be dealing with those things, but there's no better time than right now to be dealing with them because we really do live in a time where this is starting to be talked about. Does it need to be talked about so much more? Yes, but it's starting to be talked about and the whole you are not alone movement that's going on right now is huge for people that struggle, which is basically all people with mental health and issues like that I think it's really important that we have that open space and we're starting to find podcasts that work for us and Instagram accounts that work for us and communities that we feel understood and accepted in but no one is ever going to feel and I've I've come to terms with this very recently no one is ever going to feel 100% understood by anyone because no one lives in your brain besides you no one lives in your brain besides you no one walks in those shoes besides you and they you could tell them as much as you want you can trust them as much as you want but no one is ever going to really know what it's like to be you and it's important to keep that in mind and like kind of come to terms with that and accept it. Yeah, and I feel like also coming to terms with that it's unfair to assume that anybody else can totally understand you Mm -hmm. or fill every aspect of your life. Like, and that's why you have so many different friends, you know, because you have different friends for different things. Like one friend that understands you in one way, having another friend that understands you in another way. Yeah. And like that's why we fill our lives with more than just one person. Right. More than, you know, we have uh, maybe a significant other. We have maybe five really good friends we have maybe a sister or a mom and like because no one person 
can fill every single part of you because we're all so unique. And then there's even that part that no person can fill besides yourself. And that's the hardest part to find because it's like I'm relying on all these people for all these different things and to fill up my bucket. But like at the end of the day, I need to fill up my own bucket just that little bit more to really find fulfillment. And is really finding fulfillment, I don't know. Is that even possible? I don't know, guys. What are your thoughts? That's what we're working towards every day. In regards to like all that comparison stuff, Ash, is there anything, is there any tools or like things that you do or think about that have helped you deal with those feelings of comparison? Um, yeah. Because I feel like everyone's searching for like, okay, is there a tool that would make me feel better or make me compare less? Right. There's no end all be all and like that tool that magic wand doesn't exist but like there are little things that you can do I'm a huge venter I know not everyone is a huge venter but I am and I'll pick up the phone and I'll call her and I'll her being Brenda um I'll call her or she got me on this app Marco Polo I wanted to say we love Marco Polo shout out Marco Polo app because please sponsor us I wasn't um (laughs) we want that sponsorship money (laughs) But she has me on this app, Marco Polo, where we can kind of like FaceTime without spending the time FaceTiming and taking away from our, our daily life with we'll it in the car when we're driving to work or whatever and leave each other like a video message. So it feels like I'm getting everything out and I know she's going to get to it and I know she's going to respond, but it doesn't have to be right here right now if she's at work or I'm at work or something's going on. So I'm a huge venter. I feel like when I get a lot of things out, I'm able to reflect back more clearly rather than just kind of let it all go on in the brain I found myself writing a bit more this year I'm not good about it like I'm not a huge journaler or anything like that but I'm starting to kind of just like write things down just organize my thoughts because I have a lot of those going on up there and it's been really helpful even like jotting things in the notes on my phone I I write it all down and then I get to it at some point because I I, you just can't organize all your thoughts all the time like I'm at work I have a job to do but I'm thinking about x y and z and I need to write that down and get back to it later because writing it down kind of allows me to put it to rest for the time being until I can get to it do you know what I mean? And I, I really think that it's what you said about just sharing with someone, even if they can't get back to you in the moment, it allows you to reflect, allows you to process your own thoughts. Because I think when we feel an immediate emotion, it's so easy to be impulsive and so easy to, you know, decide, okay, this is how I'm going to react. This is what I'm going to say to this person. But it allows you to say, okay, let me just let it all out so that it's off my chest. And it allows you to to, to kind of let go for a moment, like Ashley said. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that with Julia, like if I'm as well when I'm ever or with, with either of them if I'm sending something I almost feel like it's off my chest and it's it's something I can let go of for the time being and then can revisit when I feel like I have when I feel a little bit more grounded but I have to say Ashley's not giving herself enough credit for her journaling because <laughs> there are, there are many <laughs> many times and we're all not perfect with our journaling but where she'll be feeling something and I'll be like okay here are three journal prompts I would like you to write I down. love a prompt <laughs> and please get back to me with the responses it's, it's literally proven in my school experience <laughs> that it's so much more effective to get your thoughts out when you have a prompt and like get you a friend that will make you a prompt because <laughs> it makes such a huge difference when I'm just faced with the blank page I don't know where to start and I don't know how to get it all out to feel like I'm doing something I'm not just writing for the sake of writing but when she says hey write about what this makes you feel and what you're going to do next and what you're going to do in the future it kind of like gives me a roadmap to kind of get my words out 
And I think that might be a good tip for some people is something that has helped me and Ashley and Julia is to write down what we need to be thinking when blank. So let's say something is really stressful to you. I don't know when you see your ex-boyfriend walking down the street and you have this inclination to shoot him a little text when you know it's going to be a toxic encounter. What do I need to be thinking when? I see him. What do I need to be thinking when I have an urge to shoot him a text? Oh my God, the amount of notes on my phone that are like, what to do when is like (laughs) astronomical. But it really helps because it has something that you can quickly access when you were having that thought or feeling or whatever it may be. And then it, it gives you a little roadmap on what to do. And in those moments when all of the feelings are arising and you feel anxiety from head to toe, it helps you ground yourself in what you were thinking at a at a more calm and logical reasonable state and helps bring you back to that feeling in that moment with a little guide <laughs> so, like going off of that I, I think you told me about this exercise Brenda and I it's definitely put more eloquently somewhere else but it's this can go for comparison or anxieties or anything it's like well what what am I feeling what are the truths of the mm-hmm. situation and then like how like what what can I actually do about those things because I feel like a lot of times even you know with comparison or anxiety or anything it's like we can get so in our heads and so far away from what the truth is oh my god a whole different narrative right. up and in that to frame. take the 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 step back and just say okay here's what I'm feeling and write that down or say it out loud to yourself and then here's the truth of the situation like if it's like you see a picture of you know a couple in Ibiza we're, we're gonna keep going oh, back to that love the couple in Ibiza actually we hate them right and we're, and the <laughs> thoughts are all like oh my god I suck or my relationship sucks or I'm never gonna meet anybody or that everyone's life is so much better than me like those are all the thoughts and then taking the step back okay what's the truth that Jimmy and Sally are in Ibiza right and like that's fine and like I am like <laughs> they I might will. not even be there right. really they <laughs> might not even be there I don't know these people <laughs> I will meet somebody one day if I if that's what I want and then okay what can I do about that now or how can I adjust those feelings now and I just I love that and I use that exercise all the time yeah it's it's something that she's taught me as well you're just like the real you're the master magi (laughs) but I've definitely used that as well and I found that getting it broken down into those what do you what do you even say you say and I actually like sometimes do this activity live <laughs> with Ashley and oh Julia. my god she literally says like what is the truth <laughs> but it's really helpful to ask yourself and Jesse Jean taught me this and it's been so grounding to just be like okay so what's let's use a situation um Julia is super talented and then she ends up not getting this acting job okay Julia so what's true I didn't get the acting job what's not true I'm not automatically a bad actress mm-hmm. what's true Right. This job at this time didn't work out for me. What's not true? There will be more opportunities in the future and it doesn't impact on my worthiness, my ability to get jobs in the future, all that stuff. So just by asking literally what's true and what's not true, it really helps you figure out, it helps you spiral less and helps you come back to the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. It's grounding. Like it just, it takes you a step back from being in your head and it really grounds you and gives you like a little bit of a platform at least to just kind of analyze it more from a third party perspective than just what's going on in your head right and I think also something that wow we guys we teach each other so much I was thinking about you teach us so much (laughs) no no you guys teach me as well this one wasn't me (laughs) um that <laughs> Brenda Kate they're gonna be I confused. refer to her as Brenda Kate because she refers to me as Ashley Kate so but she's Brenda Kate actual name. it's just but it's equality <laughs> um with like compartmentalizing sometimes when I forget to do my what's true what's not true and there are a million things that feel like they're falling apart at once you've taught me to compartmentalize little things and choose where I'm gonna give my energy and what it is that needs my attention right now because it's so easy to be like oh no 
I didn't get this job. And then also I feel, I feel chubby and my nails aren't done. And I also don't like all these random things. Like it's like, okay, what needs, what needs my actual energy and attention right now? And adding, you know, all of these other activities together. Well, I think it's also like, where can I put my energy? That's actually going to do something, Mm -hmm. you know, like we can put our energy towards so many different things, but if you're putting your energy towards negative thought, that's not going to do anything. But if you say, okay, I can put my energy towards going to get a manicure. Like if you're, if your negative thought is like my nails are yucky, you know, <laughs> yeah. instead of sitting there thinking my nails are yucky, my nails are yucky and like wasting energy on that. You could say, okay, I'm going to go get a manicure. Like I'm going to suck it up. I'm going right. to go. I'm going to face the public. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me think of that line that I saw in a meme that was like, I wish I could just drop my hands and feet off at the nail salon and pick them up later. That's so funny. I would do that literally right now if I could. <laughs> Oh my god. And it really it makes me think about the episode that we just shared with Markella where she really told us like you can choose to believe there 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 are going to be negative thoughts present sometimes and you can either choose to believe in the doubt and the fear in that part of you or you can choose to acknowledge that it's there and choose to believe the other voice in your head and put your energy towards that. Ash, thanks so much for like being so honest. Wait guys, I have another tool. Can we oh, yeah, can we give back a tool. Track? Give another tool. Okay, okay, okay. I did just think of another tool that I use and it's kind of it's like corny, but I find myself going on Pinterest and literally Googling inspirational quotes about or quotes about blank, whatever I'm struggling with. And I just scroll through it and I like see what there is out there and just like soak in those tools. That. But that's literally putting your energy towards something else. Like your energy mm-hmm. was was focused on something that didn't make you feel good. So you chose to shift that and put your energy towards something that does make you feel good. Right. And then you find that new mantra, that new affirmation that kind of like allows you to, to digest what you're dealing with in a healthier way. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think that a lot of times when we're feeling those negative thoughts and starting to believe those feelings, if you sit there and you marinate in those feelings, it will only get worse. It will only last longer. And If you choose in that moment, oh my gosh, I feel absolutely awful for all of these reasons. What can I do right now? The simplest thing in the entire world it can be. What can I do right now to not sit in this, to not be alone in this? How can I change my state exactly? So for some people, it is venting. For some people, it's like, okay, instead of sitting here crying, let me reach out to someone I love and care about who will give me the, hold the space for me that I, that I know they will. Watch something funny. Yeah. Shit's Creek, 10 out of 10 (laughs) example. There we go. There just there are so many different ways, and I think that we're so used to just sitting in it. Which again, it's it's a good thing to feel your feelings. You got to feel to heal, but um, it all depends on how we use those feelings. Right? You can overfeel mm-hmm. at times. I've never yeah. heard anyone put it that way, but <laughs> you can you can feel it for too long and let it let it sit for too long, and then it festers mm-hmm. and it ugh. Yeah, and a lot of times you can use those feelings in a productive way to better understand yourself and to better understand how to deal with those feelings in the future. Maybe there's something you haven't been giving your attention to. I really think your feelings are there because they're trying to teach you something or teach you where to put your energy and attention in the future. And it just all depends on how you handle it. So yeah, what an incredible, (laughs) incredible episode. Oh my God, guys, I was so nervous to sit here and talk to my two friends into a microphone. But it's it's different (laughs) when you're just talking, when the three of us are sitting, you know, on Brenda's bed and it's just the three of us. But when you're, when, when there's a, oh, maybe someone else might hear this that isn't like my two really close friends. That's really scary to like be so vulnerable about 
those kind of things but we really appreciate that like my dad might listen to yeah. this you know right but like, <laughs> that, but like how how love how wonderful it is that we have like a space to be a little yeah. a little extra vulnerable okay so ash this is a question that we're asking all of our 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 guests that are here to give us like another 20 20s perspective is there any resource in your life it doesn't have to be about you know related to comparison but is there any resource in your life that in your 20s thus far has helped you or guided you in any way yes I am involved I guess you would say in a community called the morning toast and it's a morning show every Monday through Friday 10 30 a.m eastern standard time um it's just like a podcast about pop culture and it's become so much more than that there's this whole community um a Facebook group and then a billion subgroups and we went away together and like have made all of these friends that have these common interests and it's just become a really good outlet even when I just need to like escape from my brain I can turn on the show or if I'm confused about something or I have a question about something I could post in one of the groups and all of those things it's become a really good tool so I would just say like find a community where you feel comfortable being who you really are in and I are there times where I feel like oh I can't post this in the in a toast group like totally but there are also times where I'm like oh thank god I have this group so I can write about this feeling the day after I drink too much and did something stupid and they're gonna be there for me and they're is no way that one of these girls is not going to respond with a similar story and have like a like a relatable experience yeah. to compare it to yeah when i mean honestly we really do hope that this community can be one for you where you guys can feel exactly. understood and and heard and valued. i think it will guys you're doing the <laughs> Thank damn you for thing your <laughs> <laughs> and lastly ash where can people find you oh god you can follow my very very curated instagram page <laughs> at yeah, ashley you want to go compare yourself yeah if you want to go compare <laughs> yourselves to me guys let's completely backtrack um she uses jackie oflow as her preset jackie oflow forever my instagram is at ashley with two e's no y kate t and that's where you can find me Thanks for chatting with us. Thanks for having me, guys. I feel kind of special. You are special. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.